Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Well, good evening and welcome to our study tonight. For this is another day the Lord has made. In it, we shall rejoice and be glad. We're grateful to the Lord tonight for such a time that he has blessed us with. Um, many today, for at this very hour, who woke up this morning, their voices are hushed in death at this time. So for that, we are grateful to the Lord. Uh, we thank him for all that he's doing in our lives, and we're anticipating a great move of the Lord in the future. We're going to get started with our study tonight. Before we do, we're going to pray that the blessings of the Lord would be upon us. Father God, we do thank you and we praise you for who you are tonight. There is no God like you. Not in heaven, not in earth, not beneath the earth. You are the only true, wise, and holy God. And for this we praise you, we glorify you, we do magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your greatness. We thank you, Father, for your grace, your mercy, your kindness, your love in which you have bestowed upon us. Thank you, Father God, for this day that you have blessed us with that we can come together and study your holy word, Father. We pray that your Holy Spirit, Father, would illuminate our hearts. We pray, Father, for guidance of the Holy Spirit to speak to us as we study your word tonight. I pray, Father God, for every man of God, woman of God that is out there that is lifting a standard for you, Father. I pray, Father God, that you would make provision for them in their ministries, Father God, open up the eyes to see the days and time that we're living in, that they ought to stand for and preach and teach your undulterated word. We thank you, Father. I pray, Father God, for the healing of the body of Christ, for those that are in, afflicted and, and oppressed and sick, Father, with diseases and other ailments of the body. I pray, God, that um, your word will fulfill in the life. For your word said that you was wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of your peace upon us, and with the stripes we are healed. So we claim the healing for the body of Christ, Father, and we ask, Lord, that all that we do and all that we say, you will get all the honor and all the glory out of it, Father. We pray, Father God, that our lives would, Father God, be an example. We would, we would show forth your glorious light in our life and in our body. And we thank you now, God for this night, and we ask, Lord, that you will get all the honor and all the glory out of the teaching of this word. For this, we give you all the praise, and we give you all the thanks. For it is in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, we want to thank you for your participation in our study tonight. We want to say um, that there are so many things that we want to talk about, but we have to continue with the study in which you know we started about two weeks ago. We were talking about, or we are studying about the anointing, actually, um, for a better 
um, understanding our topic is um, David's threefold anointing, David's threefold anointing. And we actually are talking about the level of anointing we use um, in our life today, um, comparing our walk and to see where we are um, in the body of Christ. Okay, let us get started, please, about talking about the anointing of God. And those who are going to join us later on, we pray that um, um, they would be able to follow us. Okay, we on last week we left off talking about the first level of the anointing um, in using David's anointing as an example. Um, this is just a, a method of teaching. It is not the final say on the word of God, please don't um, bear in mind or don't think that I am saying that this is the only way um, to show forth the anointing of God. I am just using David's um, life as an example. And also we um, <clears throat> want to use other biblical um, characters um, for as an example but we will focus on David for this study. And the first level of anointing that we talk about David was the 30-fold. Um, in that anointing, we stated that that was the time when, that was the first level of anointing when the Lord had spoke to Samuel and asked him to go down to Jesse's house and to anoint um, one of Jesse's boys to become um, the next king. Um, and you know the story, um, Samuel went down there, and Jesse's had eight sons, and all um, seven of them lined up for because the prophet was coming in town and to anoint one of them to be king. And it so happened that when, they, when he got there and he went through the parade of these young men, I know that not one of them, the Lord God said, you're looking at the wrong person or you're looking at the wrong um, thing it's none of them that I have chosen or to be um, king. Um, so he that's when the question was asked: Is there another son? You know, do you have another son? And um, I think that was where the problem began there because there was another son who was David, and David was a, sh a shepherd shepherd boy. He was keeping the sheep on the other side of the desert or the mountains, and so. Samuel said, um, send for him, you know, and one, when he came into the presence of his brothers and his father and the prophet, um, Samuel anointed him with oil and to be king. Okay, so um, here is an example of um, um, anointing, being anointed in the presence of others. A lot of people feel that um, um, because they're in the bedroom and they had feel a touch, that's the anointing, or they feel some um, emotional goosebumps, that is the anointing, but that is not the, necessarily the anointing. We realize that the anointing has nothing to do with your feelings or the way you look or the way you act, but it is a favor from God, a selection from God. Why? Because God is the one that appoints, and then he anoints who he appoints. 
So that is important for you to realize that it is. it has nothing to do with the way you look or the way you act or what you're wearing or what family you're from or what um, background you may have. But if God has uh, appointed you, then he will anoint you. Keep in mind there are some there are some things or there are requirements for the appointments of God. First of all, the anointing that God places on your life um, has nothing to do with the gift that you're carrying. Um, God does not anoint you because you have a gift. He anoints you and gives you an assignment to carry out. Gives you an assignment, he anoints you for it, and then he sends you out to carry out your assignment. Therefore, the first thing that needs to be anointed before you can be appointed for God is your character. If your character is not, um, if your character is not right, if you have a poor character and if you have a a poor lifestyle and you're not living um, according to the Word of God, most likely you will not receive the anointing of God. God wants someone to anoint someone that he can trust and depend upon. God bless um, North Mississippi. That is in our study tonight. Bless you. Um, again, God, God, your character must first be anointed um, before God will use you. So um, we, we look at David here. David was a shepherd boy. He had nothing to do with um, the name of the priests and the kings and those in that day and time. He was keeping his father's sheep. That is another characteristic for you to look at. God will take you away from your earthly assignment and and put a heavenly calling upon your life. That's what happened with David in his first level of anointing. We're talking about the three-level anointing of David. This, this is the first one. He was watching his father's sheep, and um, Samuel sent for him when he, he had to leave his father's sheep over there in the desert, unattended, and go into the presence of his father and in the presence of the prophet and his brothers. And while there, he he received the anointing of God. So God, most of the time, like we said on last week, your anointing is always validated and is approved um, or or sanctioned around others. Um, If you afraid to be around people or if you think that your anointing is um, a, a closet type anointing, most of the time um, you, you're not anointed. Okay, so the first level, God take him from his sheep, from his job he was doing. God will take you from the natural and place you in the heavenly. Okay, now then, he had been anointed to be king of Israel, there is a process. Keep in mind again that there is a process for the anointing. There's a process for the anointing. And the scripture that we're dealing with here is 1 Samuel 16 and 1. 1 Samuel 16 and 1. In that, in that scripture, the Lord asked Samuel the prophet, um, how long would he mourn for King Saul? You know, seeing that he had rejected him already. God had given up on Saul, the reign of Saul. So um, Samuel was mourning and crying for him or 
it was the prophet's job to ensure that um, the the kings and those who are in line with the word of God. And so here in this scripture in First Samuel 16 and 1, um, the Lord asked Samuel, um, the prophet, I mean, how long are you going to mourn for, for King Saul? You know, I, I, you know, I've rejected him, and and it's 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 a it's it's sad. There are some ministries and some that God had had, had had given up or done away with. We still try to do. God rejected a lot of the things that we're doing. It has nothing to do with the favor of God or with the anointing of God. Okay, um, so so the Lord, the Lord said to him, say, stop crying, stop mourning for him. I have chosen someone, okay, and I'm going to put a greater measure of all or nothing on his life. And that's when the Lord um, said, and said, go down to Jesse's house, um, and um, there he had provided, you know, one of Jesse's sons for king, and this is David. Again, David was minding his own business, okay? When you, when you try to get the anointing, that's when you don't get the anointing. When you are minding your own business and staying focused and being faithful in the little assignment that you have, David was faithful in the assignment that he had, which was keeping his father's sheep. He was faithful in that, and his faithfulness produced greatness for him. Speak, Holy Ghost. So what what, what happened here is that uh, um, David is now in a place to receive the blessings of God or receive the favor of God. You may want to say then that the anointing of God, in one sense, is God's favor or the power of the Holy Spirit upon your life. All of us has the Holy Spirit because all of us got saved by the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit inside of us come to do more than just dwell in us, but to perform, to work, to do certain things. That is called the power of the Holy Spirit. With that, we can say it's the anointing of God. It's the favor of God. God has chosen you for a special assignment, okay? And if this is the case, my brothers and sisters, then, okay, you can say you are anointed. So then there are different measures of anointing, different level of anointing, because all of the jobs are not the same, not the same. Okay, we went over that last week, so I'm not going over it again this week. Okay, so now David is anointed. Okay, what must he do? Must he wear a crown right then? No, there is a process. So what must he do? Go back to work as usual. Go back to his job. Go back tending sheep. Go back out there. But So why is he anointed? Because now that he's out there, God is going to use him to protect his sheep. You know, that's a good shepherd to protect the sheep because bears and lions are going to come and try to devour the sheep. All good shepherds, all good pastors need the anointing of God. Need, yes, Holy Spirit, need the power of the Holy Ghost to protect and guard and nurture the sheep. Okay, if if a shepherd has not the anointing of God, then he is a poor shepherd. He cannot protect the sheep of God. So David went back to his normal work, watching his sheep. You know, God anointed him so. During the process of time, a bear came, and David tore him to pieces. A lion came, David killed that lion. So why? Not with his natural hand, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, 
came over, over David because now God was showing him that no enemy that comes up against him can stand. Later on in his life, um, Goliath, you know, um, the uncircumcised Philistine, um, was destroying all of God's people. And and Saul, who was the king and who was trained in armor, he was afraid. He was afraid of Goliath. All of the trained men was afraid of Goliath. But David said that, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defied the people of God? He said, I, I will go and fight with him. I will go and slay him. Well, you know, his brothers thought he was out of his head. Um, the other people said, well, you're just a little rudy boy. You're just a little puny boy. Um, uh, why why would we trust Davy to go? Inside the ministry today, it's not how how big you are. It's not just size. It's not your familiarity with people. It's not your association. It is your connection with God. David was connected. He had more than all the trained men of Saul didn't have. He had he had the anointing of God. He was anointed by God. So um, you know the story. They they arm him with they dress him with Saul armor, and David said, "I can't wear these stuff. These it's too much flesh. It's too much you know. It's too much flesh. I need to get rid of this stuff." So what happened here? Okay, well you got to get rid. You got rid of it. But he went in the name of the Lord. Listen to the, listen to the, watch this. David knew then that putting on someone else's clothes, someone else's gifts, someone else's glory, someone else's name, someone else's praise, that it would destroy him. He cannot work in it. How often do you see in the church today, in the churches today, that someone act like another brother, act like another sister, try to preach like this other one, try to imitate, emulate this person instead of acting? having or using the anointing of God. This is an example, saints of God. This is what David was saying. David said, I can't, if I'm going to fight, i got to fight with God. Well, do you have some um, some example or something, to some, some experience of fighting? Well, I've never fought a, a, a giant before, but I remember one day that a lion came by to devour my father's sheep and the and the holy and, and, and Jehovah God came over me and the glory of God came over me and I I ripped him apart. So if God can do that, God can give me this giant. Well, you know the story of it, and I want to cut some cut some of it out. Um, you know the story of it. It, it. it is an essence of telling us that when we depend upon God, when you depend upon God, um, I don't care what the in your life, or what odds against you, you will come out victorious. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how uh, you will come out victorious, okay? So this is David's first anointing, and it took 14 years from this very anointed time when Jesse, when, when Samuel anointed David in Jesse's house. It took 14 years before he wore the first crown on his head. Your anointing, the anointing on your life is for assignment. It is a process, brothers and sisters. It is not just to, to look good or to array and say you whatever you may want to call it, but it is a process. You will not get anointed tonight to tear down a building tomorrow. God take you through a process. Your life must be approved. Your walk must be approved. Your, your journey is 
even during this time, you know, his first anointing, the 34th anointing, David was running for his life on many occasions from Saul. You guys remember that? Running for his life, running for his life. Okay, hiding in caves and stuff like that. He had many opportunities to kill Saul, but he didn't. Okay, even then, when Saul was down and an evil spirit came over Saul, who did they send for? David. David went, took his harp, and, and the anointing of God came over that, and he played so skillfully, drove the evil spirit away. God will use you in the process. He's not just going to keep you sitting down. God's going to use you during your development. The Bible said Jesus increased in the anointing. Okay, he increased in, the, in other words, every day he become much more closer and closer to his assignment. His assignment was to go to the cross. The increasing, speak Holy Ghost, the increasing of your anointing, the increasing of your anointing is to take you to your assignment because you cannot work your assignment if, you know what I'm saying? You cannot work your assignment if you're not increased in the anointing of God. So, when you are increased in God's anointing, the more you increase, the closer you get to your assignments. Okay? I look at David's life. During the process, he began to write many, many stories and, or many um, psalms and many worship songs. One of them, good for me, one is Psalm 23. We all know that. The Lord is my shepherd. Or who else could have write such a profound writing because he knew about his shepherd life? Another one is um, Psalm 63, the, oh, God, early in the morning will I seek you, will I seek your face. You know, David was an early riser. He, he worshiped God early in the morning and late nighttime, okay, and in dry places and deserts and over hills. And so, so, so during the process of, of David's time, God didn't just have him sitting there, but God developed his character, developed his lifestyle. And so if you're going to be anointed with God, you have to be willing to be developed by God and go through um, some tough times, some rough times. Sometimes you may have to run for your life. Sometimes you may have to um, hide for your, for your life. But it is all in the process, okay, of your anointing, okay? Um, um, the Lord doesn't uh, always just stop things from coming at you or prevent as if he, he Sometimes you allow those things to come your way to see how well you're going to handle it, you know, um, if you're going to give in. If you're going to say, well, I don't have to take this. I'm going to show him or show her who I'm made of, what I'm made of. And, you know, God can use it. But you have to depend upon God. Like past Sunday service, or I think Sunday or Tuesday, and in our study we made a statement. We made a statement that God wants you to be um, independent, but he also wants you to depend upon him to be depending upon his Holy Spirit. Never believe that you're a lone ranger. Never believe that you can do what you want to do and get away. That's the reason why it bothers me when um, the men and women of God say that, oh, I don't belong to any ministry, any fellowship. I, I'm, I'm just out here waiting for the Lord, or I'm a full-time evangelist. You know, all evangelists should be assigned to a local assembly. Every apostle should be assigned to a local assembly. Every prophet, every pastor, every teacher. You cannot be a bishop and you're not assigned to a local assembly. You cannot be an evangelist and you're not assigned to a local assembly. You show me in the Bible, from the book of Acts onward, where there's an evangelist that was not assigned to a local church or a prophet. You know, everywhere from Acts all the way down to Jude, you see where 
the, the apostles sent out other apostles and sent out other evangelists and sent out other um, teachers and deacons, on and on and on and on. So when you are anointed of God, you're not anointed to be alone. You're not anointed to, to be a lone ranger. There, you must be assigned to a group of people. Why? Because you are you have to give an account, accountability. You know, there are checks and balances. God don't just pour his anointing on you to waste it and that you could call yourself you so mighty than everyone else and you can't answer to nobody. Everyone must answer to everyone must answer to somebody. There's a there's a there's a check and balance for everybody. And that's the reason why he gives us the fivefold ministry. The apostle is not apostle by himself. That's why he's saying he gives some to be apostle, S-O-M-E, not just one apostle. Why would he give some to be apostle? Because, because apostles now would have to answer to someone else, okay, and prophets and pastors or evangelists, all with S. All of them have S. They're plural. They have to answer to someone. Okay, so your anointing God does not anoint you to to be a lone ranger. Please remember that. It's important. It is now twenty minutes past the hour of our study. Um, are there any questions that anyone wish to ask, please? Okay. Okay. Well, if not, let's continue going, please, with about the anointing, David's first anointing. Okay, another point that I would like to bring out with David's first anointing, which is the 34, um, his ministry began when he was a 30. Um, Jesus' ministry began when he was 30. Joseph's ministry began when he was a 30. Moses' ministry began when he was 40, okay? And the reason for that is because um, when he was when he was um, when well, when he was 80, I'm sorry, but he spent 40 years on the backside of the desert, and God called him um, 40 plus 40 is 80. So he was 80 when his ministry started. So he, he's not in that group. I, I do apologize. But um, Jesus, Joseph, and and David, all ministers, they all began at the age of 30. 30 is a number representing maturity. It means you mature. You're now ready to take on some um, some assignment, some responsibility, you're ready for that. So um, at the age of 30, um, David's ministry began, okay? And um, so he waited for another 14 years, um, almost 15 and a half of 30, okay, before um, he went into his um, uh, ministry, Third, uh, before he became the king of Israel, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting out of my. Okay, he was he was 30 when his ministry began. He waited 15, 14 years um, to wear that to wear that crown. After he wore that crown, after he wore that crown, um, 15 years later, then he became king of Judah. Then after that, another 15 years, he became king of all Israel. Okay, so everything was a process. It didn't happen overnight. It was a process. Okay, now, another point that I want to um, ask you guys here is that whenever you see the word soul in the Bible, soul, the word soul represents flesh. The word soul represents flesh. Okay, dying, crucified, rejected. And um, if you back up again to this, the first scripture I've given you tonight, when the Lord said to 
Samuel stopped mourning for Saul because I have rejected him. That's an example or symbolic of us um, crucifying our flesh. Our flesh should be crucified. It must be dying. Saul represents flesh. We must crucify the flesh before we can um, be anointed, before we can move on with God. Saul, um, um, Saul was rejected, so we must reject some things in our flesh. Saul was 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 crucified, so to speak, because um, the Lord said, "I have rejected him." The word "rejected" him means give up or come to an end. Um, his his reign is no longer. Um, so there are some things in our lives that we that we keep so close to us. We have to sometimes, okay, this is it. This is the. We don't want it anymore. Get rid of it. Why? Because when you go in, into God's ministry, you cannot take baggage with you. I've heard many times a lot of folks when they get married, they will say, um, you can't take no baggage. You can't do that. Well, what about God? Okay, why do we want to take tradition with us? Why do we want to take man-made religion with us when we go into do a work for God? Why do we want to take our own agenda, our own um, feelings, our own motives or ideas, when when God wants to give us what he wants us to have. So that's important for you to realize. If you're going to get the anointing of God and work in the ministry of God, kill the flesh, crucify the flesh. Saul is now dead. The flesh is dead, okay? And so God take him now to his second fold anointing. A second-fold anointing is the 60-fold. Okay, we have 30. Now we have 60-fold. Um, you may want to read this in Second Samuel chapter 2 and verse 4. 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 4, and all the way down to verse 8 would be good for you to read. In this, in this particular chapter, we see where David get anointed to be king over Judah. Okay, we know the word Judah means praise. Okay, so God will anoint your praises. The praises that you give to God ought to be anointed. Or he will anoint your praise that you give to him. And when you give it to him, oh, it is anointed. So it's important for you to realize that God will not accept any type of praises from us unless it is anointed. God anoint David king over Judah or over praise, okay? Okay, um, so it is important for you and I to know that once the flesh is dead, okay, or if the flesh is still active and is still alive, we cannot worship God in the right context. We cannot praise God the way we ought to praise him. Why? Because the flesh is still active. The flesh is still active. You must, you must reject the flesh so that you could go into Judah, into your praise, okay? Okay, in other words, you have to acknowledge your flesh has been put to death. You have to acknowledge that. And if you don't, if you, your flesh is your attitudes, your behavior, your your motives, all them other stuff, that, that's your flesh. You know, you have to put those stuff, put those stuff to death. Kill them, or else you cannot worship God the way he wants you to worship, in spirit and in truth. Okay? Um, so, again, um, when you read that, you'll see where God had anointed him to be king of Judah, and, and the people began to praise him more than they did Saul. You know, you know, one verse said that 
Saul has killed his thousand, but David has killed his tens of thousands. Okay, he's not being promoted. He's being promoted. The favor of God is upon him. Okay, my brothers and sisters, kill the flesh out of your life so that God can give you a joyful praise, a true anointing, so that your life would be a burning light to the world. Your praises would be saying something. So many people say they don't praise and worship and stuff. But there is there is no deliverance. No one is being broken. No one is being um, made free. You know, I believe all worship services and praise services is just as important as preaching the word of God. And and that's re- I said the other day. I thought of um, there was a man that was having um, a week of pastoral anniversary, having a week of pastoral anniversary um, for the year. You know, for the years that he was there, but this was a year of, this was a week of pastoral anniversary. So I said to my wife, I said, I, I don't understand the sense of that. Um, why would we give a pastor a week of anniversary for preaching the word of God? Um, we don't even, we don't give the praise and worship leaders a week of anniversary. We don't give the deacon a week of anniversary. We don't give the evangelists a week of anniversary. Why, why do we have to do it on a pastor? Is he any different from any other man? Um, why we have to do it for the bishop, bishop and the apostle? Uh, uh, are they any different from the man of God, other men of God or women of God? Um, why not do an anniversary for for the usher, um, one person, or for the or for the janitors, or for the um, um, the parking lot attendants, et cetera, et cetera? Why not? Uh, you know, because our motives are wrong. We have we have misscrewed with God had wanted his church to be like, okay? If one benefit, all should benefit. One rejoice, all should rejoice. One inherit, all should inherit. We shouldn't um, just um, take it and bless one person and say, oh, they've been preaching all week. Well, you've been singing all week. You've been, all, um, I'm sorry, all year. You've been praying all year. You've been giving all year. You've been coming all year, okay? You've been cleaning all year. What difference does that make? God anoints you to do what you was doing, and you anoint me as a pastor or someone else to do what we're doing as pastoring. So if you anoint you and you anoint me, there's no there's there's no difference between the Jew or the Greek. That's where that scripture coming has nothing to do with leadership, saints. Um, but 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 do you understand what I'm saying? And so it's important for us to to understand and to know that the anointing that is on our life, the anointing that is on our life, is not. Um, to be used fleshy or to be used to show ourselves up or for performance or to make us look good. Kill the flesh, saints. Kill the flesh. Okay? Kill the flesh. Okay? If you don't kill the flesh, the anointing on your life is going to really gonna leave you. God would anoint you. He would anoint you. But if you try to use it in your own glory and instead, God will remove his anointing from you. And you will become a soul. You will be rejected. Okay? You will be rejected. Okay? So, so again, the second level of anointing is the 60-fold of David. Now he is, he is actually um, king over Judah, praise and worship. Um, um, now, I want you to keep in mind, though, that there are two types of praises or two kinds of praises when you're talking about Judah. Okay? Remember, Judah means praise. Also, Judas. Judas means praise. And you remember Judas, the one who um, betrayed Christ, J-U-D-A-S, Judas. So Judah, the place, is praise. But Judas 
also mean praise, okay? Um, Judas is a praise from the head, okay, your head, and, and not from the heart. Judas portrayed Jesus, but Judah um, portrays him, okay, very important, okay? Judas killed him, Judas, Judas um, um, betrayed him, um, had him nailed to the cross, but the praise of us portrays who he is. That's important for you to realize that. So always remember that Judah can praise and Judas can praise. Which one are you tonight, my brothers and sisters? Are you a Judah or are you a Judas? Okay? Uh, so true praises, true praises come from Judah. Okay? Um, genuine praise, relationship in praise, fellowship in praise. Okay? Um, the acknowledgement of the glory of God, not self, not not personal, not selling him out, not betraying him, but portraying him. Okay, that is very important. Okay, um, so when we when we move from one level, we're not saying that I am better than this person or this person that's beneath me. No, no, we are actually moving because God is elevating us to another assignment, another assignment. Okay, uh, what we done yet? What we did yesterday? Okay, it's done. It's over with. Um, the, the the prayer that we offered yesterday, that's over with, okay? Let's go to the next level. The healing that took place, that's over with. Let's go to the next level, okay? The vision that we saw we after we didn't talk about it, it's over. Let's go to the next level. Write the vision down. That's re- Don't keep talking. Write it down so someone can read it and see it when they come by. Very important, okay? Um, are there any questions? Um my, um, all concerns or statements, please. Okay. All right. Since there's no other um, questions or concerns, we can now um, go to the third anointing of David. Okay. Um, and David's third anointing um, is the hundredfold. It's the hundredfold anointing. And um, you may want to look in Second Samuel 5 and 17 for the study on that one. Second Samuel 5 and 17. Okay. Um, um, in David's third anointing, during this anointing, um, now he's moving more in the fullness of God. He is, um, he is more mature. Um, David's now, he... Remember, he is reigning over all Judah and Israel, okay? Um, and it's the third anointing now. Um, there is no divided kingdom. He is one. Um, first, in Judah, Judah was divided from Israel, but now um, he is king over Judah and Israel, so they become one. There's no longer divided. And that's what God wanted in the body of Christ when we when we become uh, when we get in the fullness of Christ, it's only one Christ, one Lord, one Savior, um, one one King, God of all. And when we are in Him, I am no better than you are, my brothers and sisters. I don't care what name I carry. I don't care what title may be attached to me. And we are still one. We are still one in Christ. Okay, so in the third anointing of God, David is now, David has united the kingdoms together. Judah and Israel, okay? Um, they're no longer divided. God is using them to rule um, the Philistine, okay? Um, 
and Philistine means flesh or dust, okay? So they have to come under David's rule, okay? They have to be, why? Because um, he is king over everything, okay? Once David was king over Judah, he had no say down in Israel. But now that he is king over Judah and Israel, he has say over the entire regions. Isn't that amazing? God will take you from one level to another level. That's the reason why I said this spot not the small beginning. You don't know where God is taking you, saints. You know, he may have a total region for you, um, two, three, four cities for you. But if you be reluctant in what he gave you in the little area that you're in, God is not going to um, elevate you to any other level. I've, I've, I've heard another man of God saying that um, in the organizations that, you know, um, um, their bishop told them that when they give their money, they're going to get elevated in the spirit. And so they've been given money to get elevated in the spirit. That is so, that is so poor and so, you know, it's very poor. It's a shame because um, money doesn't elevate you in the spirit of God. But the Bible says that God does the, the appointing and then the anointing. He's the one who elevates you, not money. I don't care how long or how much you give. If God doesn't anoint you or elevate you, you ain't going to get elevated. You don't get anointed. You may be promoted by man and and do a good job for a season and time, but it's coming to an end. It's going to stop. You know, I've seen great um, companies um, that started like like Kmart and 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 um, Birdans and Sears. They were blooming, blooming, had great management teams and good employee staff. But and years come by, they all folded in, went belly up, bankrupt. They they also in it. So that tells you that nothing lasts forever. And if it's off the flesh, it definitely ain't going to last. So I'm saying to you, if God anoints you, you will last. But if man promotes you, you you go for a while, but you ain't going to last. You ain't going to last. God wants you to to depend on him um, so that your anointing would come from him. Um, again, I need to take a break and, and see if there's any questions that anyone has to ask. There must be something that someone want to ask for the anointings. Got to be. Um, you that are listening to me, um, there must have been something I've said about the anointing or there must have been something that you have heard over the years about the anointing that you wish to share with me or ask questions on saying. Somebody has a question. Okay. All right. I guess that's not so, not to be tonight. <laughs> okay. Um, one more statement I want to make before we um, um, almost come to, come to end here for tonight. And that is that once you are anointed by God, you have no control over where God is directing or sending you um, because his assignment, you don't know where the assignment is, where he wants to take you. God may want you to be in an island someplace or over in Africa someplace or in a different city or different state. Okay, so never close yourself. Never think that he just anoints you to stay in those four walls where, where you are, okay? God may want you to unite a Judah and an Israel together and, and have a bigger region, okay? God may want you to, um, I don't know, you know, to be a leader maybe in Congress or a leader maybe down at the city hall or 
the school board or Department of Education or whatever the case may be. So, you know, the anointing of God is not limited to just the four walls and the church that we call church. The anointing of God is for nations. It's for, it's, it's, it's for God's assignment to be carried out throughout the nation. So my question to you is, what anointing do you have? What assignment do you have? Do you know your assignment? Okay, do you know assignment? Because you can, because you can preach well or have a good word of teaching, and, and you, is that the anointing? Is that the assignment? Is that how far God wants? Is there any other distance God wants to take you? Or that's it, where, where, you, where God wants you to go? The question I'm asking is that, do you know your assignment? Do you know where God is taking you? Do you know the destiny where God is taking you? The anointing of God, when, when you are anointed by God, when you're appointed, anointed, and then you've been ordained, the ordination of God, and then you've been sent by God, there is a destination after your ordination. After you've been ordained, after the ordination, there's a destination. God has you in mind. He knows the end. He knows where he's taking you, my brothers and sisters. And don't get very in well-doing. Don't get tired. Don't because something may not be happening right now in your life. Things may not be going on right for you, and you don't feel that if the you know what you what you were thinking in your mind is not taking place, don't get weary in well doing. Keep on doing what you're doing. Stay faithful to the call of God. Stay faithful to whatever assignment you've been placed into. Stay faithful, and if you stay faithful to it, elevation would come. Look at Daniel. Daniel was anointed man of God. Um, he prayed three times a day, and his prayer um, produces the glory of God. What is the glory of God? His presence, okay, in his life. Daniel was able to interpret dreams and and find favor with the king. Found favor with the king. Uh, on the next, in another note, Daniel was put over so much regions and regions. Why? Because of knowing of God in his life. He didn't give up because they said, if you pray, we are going to, um, you're going to be put in the den of life. He didn't give up, but he continued praying. And he prayed, and he prayed, and he prayed. I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, use some of these biblical characters' um, um, lifestyle to shape your life with. That's an example that you may live by, okay? Um, we always talk about um, we can't do this and, and this can't happen, or, you know, or I, I, don't, I hadn't went to college. You don't have to go to college for the anointing of God, okay? All you have to do is spend time with God. And let God and let God rest His favor upon your life. You know, yes, going to college is fine. Even school is fine. All of that stuff is good. But what am I? What I'm saying to you is that um, if you have all those things but have no relationship with God, they they have no benefit to you. You have no benefit to you. Okay, um, I am about to the end of my teaching for the night, saints, and um, I am was hoping that I get some feedback. From you guys on the anointing, um, and there's still some time to give me some feedback um, on the anointing. Somebody had to say something. I see all the lines are lit up here. Um, somebody is hearing me. Somebody is there. Someone could say something about the anointing. Share something about but, but an experience that you had with the anointing of God in your life. 
Okay, okay. I guess I I tried asking. <laughs> I tried asking. I just want to read one portion of scripture before we leave tonight. Um, and I pray that it will bless your heart. And um, it's in the book of Jude, the book of Jude, a very familiar scripture, very familiar scripture, very familiar scripture, the book of Jude. Give me a second, please. Okay. Okay, um, we would read from Jude. Um, twenty, Jude twenty. Well, let's go to nineteen. The good one from nineteen. Well, you know, since we're here, we could just just go up to seventeen. That that'll be good too. Be good too. Okay. It reads thus, and I'm reading the King James version. It says. But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the spirit. Hmm. But, ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, even the garments spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory, so the glory of God is his presence, with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. That is Jude um, from 17 to 25. Let us pray, please. Father God, we thank you this night, and we praise you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for um, the teaching of your word tonight, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for the ones who are faithful to this teaching that come in every week, Lord, and to spend 45 minutes an hour, hour and 10 minutes sometime in the studying of your word. Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them your assignment for their lives. Yes, Lord, that they would be fruitful and not fruitless, God. Help them, Father, to um, um, to to be doers of the word, Father, not just hearers of your word. Lord, we know, God, that there is no secret. There is no secret that you don't know. So we ask, Father, that all secrets in our hearts that would be manifest, God, for your glory, that it would, 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 re, 
would change the process of our flesh into your glory. God, we know, Father, that your desire for us is to walk in righteousness and to be anointed by your Holy Spirit. May your Holy Spirit, Father, may it anoint our life. Let the glory, let your glory be manifested. Let your glory be revealed. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, appoint us and then send us, Father. Anoint us, oh, God, anoint us for your glory, for your assignment, for your work, not ours, but yours, God. Yes, God, yes, God. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray for all of my brothers and sisters who may have any ailment or sickness on their body. Oh, Lord, spiritually remind of the words that you was wounded for our transgression and you was bruised for iniquity. Just tie some of our peace was upon you and we just stripes we are healed. Thank you for their healing, God. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Father, for uh, sisters who may be wrestling, Father, raising a family by themselves. Oh, God, be a protector for them, God. Protect them. Be a provider for them, Lord. Oh, God, allow them to give their body to you, God, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And as they do it, God, you make the provision for them. Oh, God, as they seek your face, God, add the other things onto their lives. Yes, God. Thank you, Father God, for men who are standing with their family and standing fathers, standing as true fathers and men in their homes, God. Bless them and make provision for them, Father pastors and leaders and, and, and Father God, church members, pray, Father God, that they'll become one in the unity, one in the spirit. Father God, that your will will be done. Lord, we thank you this night. We praise you. We bless you. In your holy name, amen, amen. God amen. bless you. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you next week, Thursday. And uh, we will take another level on the anointing. We'll be the last week dealing with the anointing. We'll finish up the hundredfold. We just mentioned it tonight, but we'll finish up the hundredfold of the anointing, which is um, the most holy place where Shekinah glory used to dwell back in the Old Testament time. And we would, and next week we'll talk about where Shekinah glory is now and how we can approach that and what God is expecting out of us. Until then, I say the blessing of God be upon you, and you all have a wonderful and beautiful weekend. God bless you.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.